Thanks, Lucas. When I'm not dropping ass crack on the Twitter timeline, I'm Lucas Whitney, joined by my fellow co-host for Bacon Wire, Spartan Dog 97 and Carter. Fellas. Listen, sex work, sex work is work. But here, here are the two things you need to know if you're going to post ass on the timeline. One, <laughs> is it attractive? Okay. Two, what is going to be the resp- what is going to be the response? If you're someone like Riley Reed, then yeah, it's probably safe to post a little ass on the TL. No idea who a, that is. Huh. But if you're a chunk king like like me or um, my boy Connor Hayward, then you might yeah. just want to save save posting ass for the group DMs like we do. <laughs> I, I had to open with it. I, I if you know, you know. Uh, so we're going to talk the the unfortunate events that happened on Saturday. If you well, you everyone in the world knows what happened. Ohio State fifty six, Michigan State seven. Um, we had I drove to Purdue to watch us get beat by the Boilermakers, and then uh, Carter and his dad drove to Columbus to watch an even worse beatdown of the Spartans, but you stayed the whole game. Like what, what tell us, tell us about how it was like to see that in person compared to Spartan dog and I being on watching it on TV. It's insane. Like you get a whole new angle, whole new perspective. And like, this is Ohio state, you know, they're hardly a college football team. They're like more of an NFL pipeline. So you see these massive dudes on the offensive line, the defensive line, these insane athletes at receiver, like the Garrett Wilson touchdown uh, when he put his hand up and it was the second touchdown of the day. I saw him separate like instantly. And I was like, oh, okay," because they were coming towards our end zone. And I was like, oh, okay, he's wide open. CJ Stroud. Oh, CJ Stroud put it perfectly on the money for him. Okay, that's a touchdown. And you could, and you can just see like ahead of time, like the angles are different when you're in person compared to TV. You can just see like what's going to happen. And, and I, and every single touchdown that CJ Stroud threw in the first half, he did throw six of them. And it was, it was like, if it wasn't a Michigan state beat down, it would have been a lot more fun. Yeah. I mean, how are the, how are the Ohio state fans? I was just going to ask that because I've heard they've been less than welcoming to visiting opponents. Yeah. Visiting most of the people, most of the people around us were really cool. Most of the people around us were pretty nice. There was one fan who was a couple rows behind us who yelled every single play, no matter what happened. You know, he was, he was talking so much trash. He was, Hey Sparty, can you give that contract back? 95 million Kenneth Walker's Heisman days over and all that. Wow. If you were, if you were sitting in front of Bucknut, you must've had some pretty good seats. Yeah, we were, uh, we (laughs) we were the first, we were the first row of the upper deck. So we had, we had some pretty good, we had a pretty good view. One thing did happen though, um, as my dad and I were leaving the stadium, uh, we're walking by some people and they're getting in their car and one guy rolls the window down and says to me, Hey, fuck Michigan state, dude. I'm like, why us? You beat us. You literally destroyed us. What, what did we do? Well, he got you. He got me good. Like I play on the team. <laughs> uh, 
I and I could tell in our in our chats that Spartan Dog was pretty uh, pretty heated. And uh, I wasn't heated. Okay. Well, you. So we were all not, mad. But hold on, I I gotta I gotta defend myself here because I I'm not calling you out. No, I <laughs> I'm not saying you're calling me out. I'm just I know my reputation has been sullied based on some of the tweets on my timeline, and I would just like to give a, an impassioned. Uh, Aaron Sorkin esque soliloquy defense of of my tweets on Saturday. Your reputation's um, never been worse. Oh, Taylor, Ayo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I just um, you know, nothing good starts in a getaway car, and uh, <laughs> I we I the bar I was at. Uh, had bottomless mimosas, but only until 2 p.m. So, you know, when you order bottomless mimosas and there's a time limit on them, you kind of have no choice but to treat it like a sprint rather than a marathon. <laughs> because what are you going to do? Have like three mimosas and call it a day? You're not getting your bang for your buck. I want to figure out if there's truly a bottom to bottomless mimosas when they're offered to me. So that was the fuel behind some of my hate fire. Although I do have um, some fairly legitimate criticisms I would like to lob once we get further into analysis. Um, also, that game was a microcosm for my night because I was left with a dead phone in downtown Detroit because the person I was with left to go get laid. <laughs> that, that sucks. Yeah. Congrats to them, but, you know. <laughs> Congrats on the sex. Um, I I watched the game, you know, and I think it was twenty-one nothing. And was that when we missed the field goal? We were yeah. down fourteen nothing. Fourteen nothing, and I started to lose all hope at that point. Like it just, it you know, it felt like one of those days where we just had no shot. And it, it was just one of those days. Just one of those days. All the he said, she said bullshit. <laughs> uh, you know, you want to break stuff. And uh, <laughs> if, when it got to 21 nothing, I was feeling the urge to go outside and not watch that anymore. And when it got to, <laughs> when it got to 49 nothing, I never yelled or screamed. I was sitting at home by myself. I just got up like Seinfeld um, and Kirby. They just went like this and walked out. <laughs> And went and did mulching for like two hours. I'm, I was stunned. I mean, that was as I, it's a, that was a Ryan Day masterclass, um, a CJ Stroud masterclass. He, I think uh, we'll talk about it later, but I think he's going to win the Heisman. I, I do. Um, I still, that, I don't, I think, I don't think Kenneth, I don't, I don't think CJ Stroud has it quite locked up just based on, he's close. Based on, based on how some of the other awards are falling. Right. Kind of like who the finalists are, kind of how they view CJ Stroud's season. Yeah. Um, so I so I I'm not going to I'm not going to call him, I'm not going to give I'm not going to hand him the Heisman just yet, but yeah, no, I do agree. I think he does. I think he looks a lot better now than he did. Yeah. Than he did before, I mean, before kickoff. When when you drop six touchdowns on a top 7 team and albeit it was a bottom 132 defense, that's still impressive, no matter who you are, and especially 
with Ohio State who needed the needed this type of win, these style points to kick the shit out of us. And they're number two, right? They're, yeah, they're they're number yeah, two. Yeah, they jumped right? Alabama. Oof. Which is, I'm glad. I'm glad someone jumped them. Um, but you know, I I don't have a rant built up about the defense. I'm just really fucking disappointed. And here's something I heard, and then I'll let you guys go talk more about because you might have more the thoughts on this than I do. Um, I think it was someone who was on couch in the rube said that Scotty Hazelton's defenses before he came here average only giving up 12 passing touchdowns a season <clears throat> and Travaris Tillman's, you know, he's our, I think he's our cornerbacks or safeties coach. He's our corners corner, coach. Yeah. He's corners. Um, he, they average giving up like 20, 25 to 27 uh, passing touchdowns. And when he was with Mel Tucker, Colorado. So I, I'm not quite ready to say Scotty Hazleton's got to go, but I think he's going to get one year to figure it out. And if it's, if it's this bad, I think he, I think he's a good coach, but I just think it's, he's going to fall victim to, he's going to be the first head to roll because Mel Tucker is not going to be as loyal as D'Antonio. That's all I have to say about what conspired on Saturday with the defenses. I think Travars Tillman's days are numbered. So I, I don't think we need to harp on it too much. No. I mean, I, I don't think we need to harp on the game even. I think I think we can just kind of say our piece. Yeah. Uh, kind of do a post a quick post mortem and then we can move on to Penn State. Right. But I like I I said a lot of things like Mel shouldn't take the contract. Mel shouldn't have access to the contract until he fires Hazelton. <laughs> no, that was the mimosas. Okay. Uh, those were the mimosas. Uh, mimosas make me angry. I have no idea what it is. Uh, they unlock some kind of primal care and rage within me. And I just get all kinds of, I just get all kinds of pissed off. So I can't be, I can't be held liable for my tweets uh, during during my during my consumption of mimosas, but I will I will say this, and I am I am dead serious about this. the the defense The secondary staff can't remain intact. I'm sorry, I, it just it it can't. Like I you even you have, I understand the I understand the depth chart you're working with is less than ideal, but you can't be a Big Ten program and be dead last in passing defense. I'm sorry. And that's, that's the, that's unacceptable. If they were mid nineties, I'd be like, okay, they don't have the ponies, right? Mm. Like that's a, we don't have the ponies. Even if, even if they had been pretty, even if they had been a little shaky, but pretty solid, uh, like the last couple of years of D'Antonio, and they and they got pooped on like this. I'd be like, well, fucking obviously. But I'm sorry. Like when you're better off rushing nine people and double teaming, double teaming the team's number one target. There, something's got to give. This staff, I, I'm dead serious. The staff cannot remain intact. Someone from that secondary staff has to go, whether it's Harlan or Tavares Tillman. 
someone someone's got to so we someone's got to skate someone's got to be the scapegoat i'm sorry i this that we can't we can't be doing this again next year i don't think we will but it's just this staff can't this entire staff can't remain intact after after a beating like that in the season they've had something's got to give i agree um and to that point, like I've said, like, I think Hazleton, like, obviously there's a, there's a scheme in place. And obviously the goal of that scheme is to keep the receivers in front of you. And, but what happens when, what happens when it's Ohio state and you're playing Garrett Wilson and you're playing Chris Olave and you're playing Jackson Smith and Jigba and they all get around you very easily. There was no push from the MSU defense. Like there was none at all. I don't, I don't, I can't recall in that first half, a positive defensive play at all, like at all. Like they, they got down the field as easily as they wanted to. They ran the ball as easily as they wanted to. And in all my emotions, like in that game, my emotions being as high as they were and as negative as they were, I'm thinking this is Hazleton. Like we didn't come out prepared for these guys whatsoever. Like we didn't say we're playing the best passing attack we're going to see all year we have to do something about that because they didn't. And, and, and then I calmed down a little bit and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, obviously that's going to be, we're going to get killed by these guys because they're damn good. So that was always going to happen, but still the coaching did nothing at all to me. And yeah, I, and, and, and the good thing about Mel is the fact that he isn't loyal to anybody. So we could see one of Harlan or Tillman, or even Hazleton, we could see one of those guys uh, get fired. Uh, probably not, but Mel has shown that he won't be loyal to you if you're not good at your job. And and I know we brought in SEC like level talent at corner, but it didn't show that game. Like <laughs> uh, Mister Number Twelve, I won't you know I won't I won't call him out by name, but that man was a free completion on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. More often than not, like what, like just have have Brantley or Ronald Williams on your number one receiver, throw X in behind him, and just bum rush the quarterback with everyone else. Like what, what is stopping? You'd be better. I bet you could have better outcomes doing that versus versus what you do now. You have to try something else. You have to at least try something else. Right. And like 50, I'm sorry, 56 to seven isn't, isn't a talent issue. It just, it just isn't that point. I'm sticking by too. You don't lose 56 to seven because you have inferior talent. You lose 56 to seven because you got out coached. You were out schemed. Right. You had no idea how to answer. To me, Ohio State looked like they were insulted that they were on that we were on the same field as them. Yeah, I mean Tulsa fucking Tulsa put up more of a fight. I mean, fucking goddamn Tulsa. And I understand Ohio State was in a different position then than they are now. But goddamn it, man. Like. Yeah. We can't, we can't keep this. We can't, this, this can't, this can't be a thing next season. 
No, I I think someone's gonna leave, and I don't know who, but I think I think at least one person's gone, one way or another. Whether that's like part of my thing about the. That's like part of my thing about the corners is like, I like Ronald Williams. I think he's continued to make strides as he continues to get healthier in the year. I don't think I saw him targeted very much at all in that game. No, um, I like Marquis Lowry. I think he plays a physical game. Uh, and I he, I he was one of the victims of Ohio State this weekend, but I still think I still like how, what he is going forward. I like Brantley a lot. I know he's small, but he plays hard and he hits like a missile. So I really like him too. Snow in the slot or in the or in the yeah in the slot in the nickel, he's good too. Like I like the corners. Obviously, twelve is to me is just an issue. But outside of that, like I I'm fine with who the corners are. You know, yeah, it just you just need. I think you need like, more time. You need you need to go back to the drawing board. You yeah. you need you need a new strategy. And whether that's you need someone who who can better develop corners or you need. I don't I don't know what the answer is. I don't know whether I don't know whether swapping Harlan and Tavares Tillman is the job or you fire Tillman, move Harlan to cornerbacks where he was under an Arduzzi and, and get another safeties coach somewhere is something's got it. Something has to change. It can't, this can't remain intact. This is unsustainable. It's very clearly not working. Right. Uh, like the office, like office space, uh, Mel Tucker and Harlan Barnett are the Bobs and uh, they go to Travar Stillman. What, so what is it that, what would you say you do, you do here? Yeah. <laughs> I coach the cornerbacks. What the hell's wrong with you people? <laughs> um, I mean, fucking, fucking Will Pegler. Guy looks like guy looks like he spends all his free time on fucking 4chan, and he's got a fucking Heis, he's got a fucking Heisman candidate. And these motherfuckers pull up his resume coaching, on Twitter though. This motherfuckers, these motherfuckers have been coaching secondaries since fucking the forward pass was invented. And they're getting fucking cooked. I, I love how Scott Bell pulled like the worst possible picture of Will Piegler and tried to make fun of him. And then like a year and a half later, he's got a Heisman finalist. Uh, <laughs> like that. And he's one. like, what? I'm just pulling up the resume. No, you're not. You know. Yeah. You, you know what you're doing, you fucking asshole. Um, so I think we can uh, move along from this game. Um yeah, it sucked, and shit happens. And I considered a measuring stick, and we're not there yet. And the reason, you know, I just need to say something before we move on to Penn State. I, I, I could not fucking stand so many Michigan State fans on Twitter bitching about the contract. We are going to pay this dude $95 million to make sure this shit doesn't happen again. That's why we're paying him the $95 million, to recruit better, to get better coaching when the time comes, to make this a type of game – maybe not in a year, but maybe two to three years when more talent can congeal together and be, be a better unit to where Ohio state is maybe a touchdown favorite. Maybe it's a a three point spread. That type of stuff is what we're paying him for. And if you're going to sit there and just bitch about that money, then just shut the hell up. You're just being a pussy fan who is stuck in the John L Smith days of doom, doom and gloom. Shut up, be better. Fuck it. Why, and also, why are you pocket watching, you broke bitch? Yeah, it's, 
the school did not pay for a dime. It was literally two billionaires going, how much do you need? That's it. Yeah, stop pocket walking. Stop pocket watching. Yeah. Listen, I believe I believe billionaires shouldn't exist. And I still want Mel to have this contract. (laughs) Suck my fucking dick. Let's move on to Penn State. So Penn State is uh, move along. It's (laughs) move along. It is a my good friends at Penn State are a one and a half point favorite. Um, you you sound like when you do your Don. Me you sound like Don. Yeah, you sound like Don was like put in a shrink ray. I sound like Butters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my good friend James Franklin is a uh, one and a half point favorite. Some lines it's a pick 'em. Some it's like yeah, dead even. Over under, I think is short. It's fifty two. I think. Oh geez, Cades. Can you say, oh, geez, Cade's dad is going to be real sore at me in, in your Don voice? <clears throat> I need to watch the podcast of I, I watch it to kind of keep my Don impression going. Yeah, but do it in the do it in the bar. Oh, geez, uh, Cade's dad's going to be awful sore at my good friend Cade's <laughs> going to be awful sore at me. No hamburgers. Post an ass on the timeline. Oh, hamburgers. <laughs> oh, hamburgers. Gosh darn it. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah, they're they're a point and a half favorite, and um, I can see why they're that because of how awful we looked, and I think they beat Rutgers twenty eight nothing, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't like world beating, but it's still impressive to shut a team out, regardless. Um, looks like most people have us beating, have us losing thirty one to twenty eight. I could see that happening, but. I would be stunned if Mel Tucker loses to James Franklin two years in a row. I don't know about you guys. I we are very banged up though. That's what scares the shit out of me. We yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Is this is going to be real a real test of depth? Yeah, uh, especially in, in probably in two of our weakest position, two of yeah. our weakest position groups. And you know, uh, it's not confirmed that Jane Reed is out. But Trey Mosley basically said it this week. He said something like, you know, we'll have to figure out what to do without Jane Reed and Jalen Naylor. So I would I would be pleasantly surprised if he's on the field. Maybe he'll give it a go, maybe not. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Walker was obviously dealing with an ankle injury of some sort. Like he rolled it at Maryland. I think it was still bothering him. And I wonder why they pulled him, but then I understood once I found out that the ankle was still bugging him. So I, I really don't care. Um, and you know, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be who can, who can rise up and, and step up. Like D'Antonio always said, next man up. Um, you know, could it be Montori Foster Jr. Who I think has seen some flashes of brilliance. Will it be Brett's our boy, neon Keon Coleman who caught a pretty nice touchdown. That was a nice grab. I will give that to the MSU offense. That was a nice touchdown, a good throw, and even better grab. Um, but yeah, I, I have no clue what to think about this game. I think we're gonna win, but <laughs> I'm um, I'm really going back and forth here. I I wouldn't be surprised one way or another. Like if we lose this game, I'm not gonna be shocked. Like I. I don't want to lose, obviously, but I'm not going to be surprised if we walk out of Sparta scene with a loss just because we're going to fight. But yeah, who, who's who's going to make the plays is what is the biggest question. So, so here's what I think. Here's where I think the difference comes in. I, I 
James Franklin teams have a bit of a tendency to roll over. Yeah. Um, we saw it this year against Ohio State. We saw it against Michigan. Uh, we saw it kind of – we kind of saw it a little bit against against Illinois even. They're, they're sloppy. Uh, they don't – they're not very – they don't have – their football IQ isn't very high. No. Um, Franklin is terrible at in-game adjustments. I think uh, – I, I – he doesn't and he does the coordinators he has i don't think are are world beaters either um so he's pretty much left to his own devices which if you watch that michigan penn state game you know what his devices are uh so i you know versus a team where yeah they're they're frustrating but they do everything by the book they never give up they're never gonna they're never gonna show you their belly uh i i think you know that's one that's the one positive i can take away is like yeah it was a blowout but we never like we never like walked away and went okay yeah we get it you know they kind of they they were they tried you know like participation trophy culture, whatever. But I mean, they did fucking try against Ohio state. I feel like that could have just been, again, maybe that's the mimosas, but no, I think, I think it's going to come down to James Franklin is a bad coach and Mel Tucker is a good coach. And I think we're going to pull it out. It's not going to be pretty. It's probably going to be fucking ugly, but you know, the last game of the year is always like closing time at the bar. You just kind of find something to glom onto and and just get get out before you sober up and realize what kind of mistake you made. <laughs> yeah. Um the thing about Penn State is like their defense is really good. Uh and if we don't have Walker playing, I think we will because I think that he just had his ankle was just nagging him in the Ohio yeah. State game. And there was and there was no point in putting him back in the game when we were down by seven scores and and we don't need to re-aggravate it or make it worse. Um, so I think he's going to play uh, on Saturday. But uh, they do have a really good defense. But I do agree. I, I think Penn State's – I think they're better than their record of 7-4. and four, But I don't know how much better. And if, and Franklin definitely does play uh, a factor in that. Um, I think that even without – Reed Naylor, like I think receiver is one of our deepest positions. I know that you're t- being your top two guys potentially being out does suck, but we have enough guys who can catch passes and move us down the field. But if Kenneth Walker is playing and the offensive line is blocking, then I think we'll be perfectly fine. The, the guy that scares me for Penn State is Jahan Dotson. I mean, that guy is really good. Like he's going to be an NFL first, maybe first round pick, probably a first round pick actually. Uh, and and as long as our secondary continues the trend that they've been showing, that could be an issue. But you know, the more I think about like what you guys have, have said just now, I do think that I think that we can pull this one out, especially because it is like a senior day, and they want to get to double digit wins. And Penn State isn't playing for a whole lot right now, so and we're undefeated, game, and we're undefeated at the woodshed, and that yeah, and we're undefeated there, and they want to win one more time. So and I think, Franklin and Franklin made his extension official, so. So he doesn't have much to play for this year. 
Yeah, shit's the shit's rolling, the shit's rolling uphill, as the saying goes for, for old Sparty. I, I wish the extension didn't come yet, and I was I wanted to say Penn State fans love James Franklin. <laughs> Hashtag extend James Franklin, but it already they listened. Of- they listened to the Penn State fans. <laughs> That's part of the issue with with uh, the MSU student section, the deep end chanting "F Jim Harbaugh." It's like, dude, we love Jim Harbaugh. Extend Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Like we don't want him gone. We don't want to say F him. No. Yeah, because someone comes in who like might not give broadcasters plays to look at of a game that happened two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Big ten officials. Oh uh, man, I totally forgot about that Michigan Penn State game. I forgot how bad they blew it. That that annoyed me so much walking into the Maryland game. Um yeah, I mean they have nothing to play for. The ball game secured. Yeah. You know, they're seven and five, eight and four. That's not really, you're not really playing into New Year's Day with that yeah. record. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome if they were seven and five and like that historic, that history and tradition, like the fan base, they go to like the quick lane bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I would go, honestly, just I, to see. I would, I would too. I'm going to be on vacation because I want to meet those guys. I want to meet those guys in pads who wear like those, those ugly motherfucker masks. I want to meet those guys. (laughs) I just want to see what those guys are about. I want to see, I want to get underneath the mask, you know? I Um, want to expose them like a Scooby Doo villain. (laughs) I, I will be there this Saturday at the Penn State game. Um, I got a ticket uh, in the lower bowl. I struck, I struck while the iron was hot. We were down 49 nothing. I scored a good <laughs> scored a seat. Uh because you never know if they come back. And uh I'm I'm gonna be close to our boy Dr. Sparty Mike. Um, you know, we're gonna, you know, I see his energy, you know, I point at him and he flexes, gets the keys jangling on the third downs. He uh he's loud and proud. He wears his pro combat gloves and his helmet um that you can see from probably the International Space Station. Um you know, I'm, I'm bringing my energy because he will. And he gave Brett and I so much energy, <laughs> gave Brett and I so much energy uh, two weeks ago that we need to reciprocate it for this game and get our boys to, uh, to 10 wins in Mel Tucker's second year, which. And undefeated at the woodshed. I feel yes. like that's kind of an underutilized talking point, right? Yeah. Now. I, I'm, I really want this too, for that. Like, cause what the only uh, t- D'Antonio took him four years to go into feed the woodshed. Yeah. Yeah. 11, right. 2000, 2010. 10. Cause the only loss was, uh, Iowa and Iowa. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think we're all looking forward to this game to see how, uh, frames Jenklin will mess it up. Cause I think it's inevitable. He's going to fuck it up somehow. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully we're talking- Are we sure James Franklin is like actually coaching. Half the time, are we sure it's not just like Keegan Michael Key doing an extended bit? <laughs> I I gotta wonder because remember, like a month ago, he was like as hot of a name as Mel Tucker for some of these jobs. Like he was strongly hinted to go to USC. Yeah, like you want to talk to him, and then I'll I bet like after he lost the Michigan game, like he's like calm to those guys. Hey, you still want me? And they just kind of click. I mean, <laughs> left him on read. I mean, the thing about Franklin is, like, he's an elite recruiter. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he has a national footprint. 
he can get guys from anywhere to commit to bum fuck Pennsylvania. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Penn State's campus, but it's it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I mean, there's fucking country roads, Penn State's campus, and like the state college area, and then country roads. It's like if you if it was in a desert area, you'd think it'd be a fucking mirage. That's how like out of place it is with its surroundings. Hmm. But no, like he's an elite recruiter. He just can't coach. He just can't coach a shit in game. Like if they gave him the extension on the condition that he transitioned to a Herm Edwards CEO type role, I think Penn State would be really successful. Yeah, that'd be scary. Yeah, that'd be scary. But yeah, I, I it's never gonna happen. You, you never know. Um, well, I know it's not gonna happen with him. So congratulations on the extension. I think he's getting seven and a half million a year now. That's that was. I mean, that's what he's been getting. So. Oh, okay. So well, good for him. Happy for him. Very happy. You know, got to make your money. Hey, um, there, there's no stability like job stability. You know what yep. I'm saying? There's no stability oh. like job stability. Um, so we had a, we're recording on Wednesday night. I'm going to drop this at later tonight. Um, hashtag no edits. Um, <laughs> we had a basketball game this afternoon at 12 p.m. We played our first in the illustrious um, battle for Atlantis that uh, the Michigan won. more important, more important than the national championships, more, more important than, than going to the final four or winning the big 10 title or winning a national championship, or I'd say even winning the NBA championship at this point, the battle for That's Atlantis is, is hey, the, LeBron. LeBron has zero battle for Atlantis titles. That's all. No, Juwan Howard has one. So, I mean, who's better? <laughs> we played our first game in the battle for Atlantis uh, in the, in a, basically a hotel ballroom. It isn't a hotel ballroom in the, uh, in the Bahamas. Um, and it, it basically sounds like a gym, like you're playing in your high school gym. Uh, and I love it. It has charm. Yeah. I, I like it. I didn't mind that it, character. but it was just weird seeing that last second three pointer, like almost touch the ceiling. Like that was like, Oh wow. Okay. Um, we played the Loyola Ramblers, uh, led by, in my opinion, future MSU basketball coach, Drew Valentine, or at least give him a call. Um, we were, I was listening to it because I was at work and we were pretty slow. Didn't sound great, but, um, you know, we were, I think we were up nine, nothing. And then we just got shit pumped for a little bit. Right. Yep. Yeah. Gave up. Yeah, like we kind of got 28 to 10 run. Yeah, we got um, knocked. Yes, our, we got yeah. knocked on our ass a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, rallied to to make it 28, 23 at half, and Will led thirty two to twenty three um, early in the second half. Then, if I'm remembering right, Izzo started to go more small ball with Bingham with Bingham, but then he went a little smaller, and it started to lead to comeback because he put Malik Hall in the game. Um, we're not, I mean, if we want to talk Joey Hauser, we can. I know that's a point of contention today with everybody. Well, um, but Malik Hall as is the star of the game. Uh, I mean, fucking amazing. He was perfect for shooting. I think he was nine for nine shooting, five for five free throws, um, 24 points, and seven rebounds. And I mean, the the master play of the the last 
uh, what, 30, 40 seconds of the game belonged to Marcus Bingham, who is a fucking stud. He had, it was tied at 61. Loyola's driving down. We, we, I think we missed a shot, didn't we? We, I'm pretty sure we missed a shot. And then, <coughs> excuse me, um, Loyola drove down the, the, the court. Bingham gave the guys fits down low. He blocked a shot, uh, got the ball. Izzo called the timeout, and that was vintage Izzo. Like, that obviously wasn't as important as the timeout to get um, Kenny Goins that three ball against Duke. But, I mean, that was a pretty pivotal – this is a pretty pivotal game. I mean, this felt like a March Madness game to me, like a preview of what we could expect between these two teams in the tournament. And uh, Marcus Bingham got an alley-oop from Tyson Walker, who was brilliant in that final sequence. We win the game 63-61, have a nice comeback in the second half. Um, and, I mean, that game sounded like it was ass for most of it, but we kind of grinded it out, it sounds like, right? I mean, I didn't watch it, but – what did you guys did you you watch it, Carter? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you spark yeah. on? I I watched it. Um I watched it at, at work. Okay. Um don't tell my boss. <laughs> Carter, uh, like it, what it, go go ahead. I have one I have one observation. Uh Joey Hauser runs like Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's an insult to Joey Hauser or Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Uh, Carter, what are your thoughts since you're, you're a basketball king? It wasn't, it, it was a pretty like, I guess, bad game. If you're watching it from a neutral point, because it was, it was definitely like a turnover, 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 missed shot, turnover type of, you know, type of game, kind of a grinded out game. Um, our boy, Justin told us that's how it was kind of going to be. It was definitely going to be a dog fight. And it was both those teams are really good defensively. Like I know that that's uh, what Loyola predicates themselves on is really good defense and they were playing it. Uh, Michigan state could not get any looks in that first half when Loyola threw a zone at them. Uh, that's, there was, there was a sequence where uh, Michigan state turned it over on nine of their 10 possessions uh, right before the end of the first half. Cool. And that's what allowed And that's what allowed Loyola to go on their run to go up by nine but Michigan State adjusted in the second half. Uh, they started to get the ball inside more. Malik Hall was a huge part of that. They were hitting the three ball really well in the second half. Um, Christie didn't really get going uh, today, but we didn't need it because we still ended up winning the game. Um, I would like to see him get going tomorrow, though, more so. Uh, Gabe Brown picked up two fouls in the first half, and then they didn't see him until, I think, the second half, where I think on the first UConn possession – he picked up a foul, mm-hmm. and, but but even with those three fouls, he was still in the game. And then he hit three really big threes to uh, get Michigan State back in the game. Bingham was an absolute star, I think, on both ends of the court, but specifically more protecting the rim, blocking yeah. shots, forcing uh, tough looks. And that's where I think Bingham's at his best. And I and he did pick up a couple fouls because there were there were a lot of fouls called in this game on both ends. Like the call, the, the 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 officiating in college basketball was, is so bad and so bad today that I was even arguing for Loyola. If it was someone like Lucas Williamson even making minimal contact, I'm like, that's not a foul. He's literally going for the ball. Like I was even arguing for the Ramblers, and I couldn't even believe it. It's just an awful product. Every every touch, every minimum contact gets called a foul. But 
Michigan State just, I think, had more talent. They were a better team. Uh, and I really do think that Izzo outcoached Drew Valentine. And I think that that was kind of a, hey, you're going to be really good one day, but this is still this is still my game, you know. Uh, and I think it was a pretty impressive win despite them not playing at their best against a quality opponent. I agree. You know, I, I think uh, I think this team has has this has kind of one of the biggest problems the team last year had is is that they don't they there's no there's no leader, right? It, they have point guards, they have point guards who are capable of making plays and distributing the ball which was the other team's biggest problem. And those two kind of fed off each other uh, like a pack a day smoker getting COVID, you know, it just kind of the one thing made the other thing worse, <laughs> but I, I do think, I do think the I do think there's still a noticeable leadership void. Um, and, you know, I think the player, who shows the most promise in, in that role is Malik Hall. Um, yeah. He, he caught a lot of flack early in the season from his performance from a lot of MSU Twitter personalities, most notably Jack Williams. Uh, hi, yeah. Jack. Hi, Jack. Uh, Please but unblock me. I, I do think, I do think when push comes to shove, um, you know, Malik's a gamer and, and, and I hope, I hope today kind of, I hope today kind of locked it in for him. Yeah. You know, like the Seton Hall game was cool, but he was just, he just went back to like sitting back and watching, watching uh, cash and cash and Aaron Henry run the offense. So, you know, we were kind of, he kind of didn't. He kind of didn't have an opportunity to continue that that stepping up. So hopefully today is like the first day of of kind of of kind of the Malik Hall leadership era. I agree with you to that point. Um, I think of all the candidates for leadership, I think that he's the closest one to to grabbing it. Because, I mean, some of the other guys, Gabe is not really like an assertive vocal leader uh, on the floor. Uh, he's just one of those guys I think will end up taking the most shots and, and having the ball the most in his hands. But he won't be a guy to, you know, direct the offense or, or rally the guys if they're losing. Tyson Walker probably won't be that either uh, because, you know, this is his first year at MSU and he's still learning the ropes and everything like that. It probably won't be Christie just because he's too young, even though he could end up being the best player. Of the crew, I think it's Malik Hall. I think he has that blend of, of, of talent and toughness and athleticism and uh, mental fortitude to that point where this is probably, I think that this is that game that he can build on and that he can uh, secure himself as the leader going forward because I think that this is a game that he can use to that say, you know, we were trailing and, and this was me leading us back uh, to getting a victory. So, right. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's uh, for lack of a better term, his team. I think that this going forward will be his team. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the keys, I think the, the ingredients for us to be a really good team are there and it, it's obvious we, we are better than last year. And, and as much as I miss Heron Henry, 
I'm not saying that because he's gone. I mean, if he were here, it'd be fucking awesome. But no, it's definitely right. We we sh- like I, I'm looking at the stats. I mean, we outshot them significantly, like 46 percent to 37 percent, and they shot more than us. We hit our threes. They hit more threes, but we hit them a little more consistently. They missed 13 of them. We only missed eight. And that's when we started, I think, one for seven at halftime. Like, yeah, we were they weren't bad. shooting it well in yeah. the first half. And then Gabe kind of was the catalyst to get us going. Um, free throws. We this There wasn't many free throws in this game. Uh, we what? were, were um, Both teams were in the both teams were I can't believe it felt like it felt like there were so many well, both teams I mean, were in there's the bonus by the under 12. Only 25 total free throws, you know, and like you know, if we play Kansas or Duke, they get like 40 free throws and we get like five. Um, your favorite number, Spartan Dog, we were nine of eleven from free throw rate. That's not uh, my favorite number, that's David Harnes's favorite number. In Sanchos. <laughs> uh they were that, kind of that felt a little raciest. That Oof, I'm sorry. It's not racist if Zanjo listens. It's not. Um, it's it's an inside joke. Uh, I'm going to get ahead of this. You know, I'm, I consider myself a man of faith. And, uh, you know, with that, a, a deep a deep hit by Castellanos to left field makes it a 4 nothing ball game. Um, I don't know if I'll put this Yeti back on. Um, you know, we out-rebounded them, not offensively, but we did out-rebound them. We out-blocked them. Obviously, Marcus Bingham was – a beast. Um, but yeah, if we cut down our turnovers, we had 20 to their 14. If we can just like cut it down to match what the other team does, we're, we're winning these games by multiple scores. It's not, you know, we don't have to worry about, <laughs> we don't have to worry about winning with an alley, which was a brilliant play. Um, so I think we're going to be fine, but you know, we can segue into, uh, our next matchup in the semifinals for the battle for Atlantis um, national world championship. Uh, we play, uh, is it Bob Dan Hurley? Yeah. Dan Hurley's um, Connecticut Huskies on Friday at noon, or excuse me, tomorrow at noon, Thanksgiving at noon. Um, I'm sure they're going to be favored. I- I'm going to see if there's a line out yet. I doubt it. I'm going to look, but Got out by the way to Shout out to the fellas for giving us all uh, a hall pass from having to watch the Lions at least for at least for a little bit, uh, because that tomorrow would have been the first Lions game I was gonna watch since the since Justin Tucker hit a sixty eight yard field goal uh, to win. So uh, I really, I really was not looking forward to the end i really wasn't looking forward to it i'm but i i'm, I'm gonna be at a house that the lines are gonna be on so i'm gonna try to put this on my phone yeah no i i'm gonna i i'm not watching those assholes tomorrow i'm watching the spartans baby um i'm i'm guessing connecticut's probably gonna be a two or three point favorite um just because they are ranked and they're five and oh i mean i don't and they are and they do look pretty good they, I mean, they are they have, a good team they beat Auburn in a two-overtime barn burner, 115 to 109. Uh, did you guys watch it, or did you any of you guys watch it? I, uh, I had no chance to. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to either. Yeah. Uh, but I do think them going to double overtime helps us. We're going to have yeah. fresher legs. Yeah. You know, not you know they're going to 
they played more recently and they played for longer. So I do think, I do think we have an opportunity to kind of, to kind of make a statement here and, and, and walk out with the dub against UConn. Uh, quick question for you guys. Uh, who do you think would win in a foot race? Uh, Jelani Tavai or Joey Hauser? <laughs> I'm going to say Hauser. Yeah, probably Joey Hauser. I, I, th- I honestly think Tavai could. I honestly think Tavai could get him. Has he gone onto a team? Is Tavai on a team? He's on the Patriots. Yeah, he's on the Patriots practice squad, I think. Patricia's like, come here, come home. Yeah, come come to me, my sweet boy. Um, I mean, looking at the UConn box. Patricia only keeps to buy around because he thinks that's the only way he can get Kings Hawaiian rolls. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's racist. (laughs) Um, Looking at UConn's box score, I mean, their their best player today was Adama 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 Sinogo. He's a forward. He had thirty points in thirty seven minutes. Holy shit! Um, RJ good. RJ Cole, uh, one of their guards, played forty seven minutes. Basically, played the entire game. Um, twenty four points, six assists. Then you have Tyler Polly. Um, looks like he came off the bench. Twenty four points in thirty three minutes. I mean, they had. One, two, three, four, five. Five guys in double figures. Two of them not starters. I mean, they've got some firepower, from what I could tell. Carter, what did what did you think when you watched them? They absolutely play a, a, a really good game. Um, I was watching like their final possession that went to overtime. Uh, it was a missed free throw for UConn, and I said, "Okay, you don't need a three here. You don't need to take it because they were only down by one." But uh, they got, but Polly shoots the three and he knocks it down. And then Auburn's coming down the other end and they're they're rushing and I'm like slow down and they and they go and get a layup to tie the game. Uh, so I'm like shoot, I don't know anything. Uh, but <laughs> UConn is really good. Uh, Sonogo is a very patient, uh, very composed post player. So he's gonna give uh, Bingham some issues. They they really don't allow a lot at the rim. Um, Auburn was not getting as many looks at the rim as they wanted. And uh, and they do shoot it well. Polly, this dude can really shoot the ball. Uh, Hurley's a decent enough coach. You know, they can score it. They 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 force turnovers on 30. They force turnovers on 30% of their possessions, which is like third in the nation. So they're a really good defensive team, and they're probably going to turn us over a lot because, mm. uh, you know, Michigan State turns the ball over a whole hell of a lot. Oh yeah, uh, they, they also, do. Believe it or not, they do. <laughs> uh, but I think they also turn the ball over a lot um, on their own, so it might be similar to a game uh, that we saw today. Uh, but I, I think it's possible that we can win. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't because UConn is really talented. Uh, right. I don't see any lines or anything out tomorrow so far. So. I, I would guess two to three points. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're good. I think we're a good team. I do too. You know, we, Michigan state slipped up against Kansas, but since then they've looked a lot better and I didn't even think they looked bad against Kansas. So I think we're going to be back. I think we'll probably uh, after this week, probably be ranked unless we lose tomorrow. I don't know if they rank a two loss team this early, but I do think that uh, once big 10 play rolls around, uh, we're going to be, right in the thick of it. 
I mean, I know yeah. Purdue's good. Michigan doesn't look as good this year. They could get better. Illinois doesn't look as good. So I think outside of Purdue, I think that there's a shot of getting the Big Ten. It helps we don't have to go to Mackey this year. I'm no. Oh, I, think with, I think Purdue is at the moment our best shot. If we're trying to be unbiased at a Big Ten, like having team having a national championship, I think it's Purdue. But I, I'm not going to rule out Michigan because they have a lot of talent. And I think it's just a matter of getting the lineups right and like the cohesion, you know, like making sure it all meshes together. Now that could go like, you know, the worst case, I don't think now I know that Michigan fans like to hate listen to this podcast as a fact. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen them do it to some of Brett's predictions from last year. So I'm just going to try to back myself up here because I don't want those shitheads coming at me. It, it, it could, I think it's going to work out fine for them because I think Phil Martelli is a great – oh, uh, I mean, uh, Juwan Howard is a great coach. <laughs> no, I think I think Juwan Howard's a really good coach. Um, but, I mean, it could be one of those years where it just doesn't click, like 2010-11 for MSU, when you had all the talent from the f- previous two Final Fours and then a bunch of young freshmen incoming, and it just – you couldn't get it started. You couldn't get the engine started. Um and you had a couple of great games, but you couldn't get together. Now, I'd be shocked that happened, but you never know. Um, and I think Illinois is going to be fine when Kofi comes back because I think he's out, isn't he? I think I'm pretty sure Kofi Coburn's been out. Yeah, I heard his I heard his cock burns. <laughs> folks, <laughs> folks, tough room here. Um, and but yeah, I think we're gonna be in the top half easily. I mean. We could surprise some people. Like I've said, if we clean up our fucking turnovers, we're going to be in great shape. And if Max Max is okay to have a bad game or two, but if Christie can get it rolling, and with, with Brown and Bingham doing a lot of really clutch shooting and, like, clutch blocking, we have the ingredients to upset some big boys in the in the conference and establish ourselves as a big boy. I, I don't think I'm wrong in, in predicting that. I think reestablishing ourselves because last yeah. year, obviously they kind of got knocked down a peg. Yeah. Good thing about this Michigan state team is they have a lot of upperclassmen. Gabe Brown's the senior Marcus Bingham's a senior. Uh, I know f- for what it's worth, Joey Hauser's a junior he is? <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, uh, <laughs> Malik Hall is a, a junior as well. Joey guards a sophomore, but Joey Hauser has Benjamin Button disease. He looks 22, <laughs> but he's actually like 78. He turns the ball <laughs> over for fun. Um, he has and, dementia. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember where anyone on the floor is, so he just passes it to the nearest open person. Um, so I'm looking at the bracket for the battle for Atlantis. Um. Right now, VCU and Syracuse are playing. Syracuse looks like they are about to take the lead at halftime. Um, and then Arizona State and Baylor play tonight, which I think could be a pretty good game. Um, I'm going to just say – I'm going to give the national champion the benefit of the doubt until they let me down. So I'm going to say Baylor – I'm going to say the winner of the game tomorrow plays Baylor. I Probably. If, I'm, I'm not going to discount them because I think their number – Six? Yep, six right now. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm saying if we – oh, boy. If we beat UConn tomorrow, holy shit. We're going to play the defending champions. And if we beat Baylor – say we beat – okay, I'm not trying to go look ahead, but, like, if we beat UConn, mm-hmm. that's a ranked win. 
that okay. that shows we have momentum. And then if we can build off of that and then Friday beat Baylor. I'm calling us all the way back. Yeah, we are as Matt. Yeah, Sam, Sam, Ell- Sam Ellinger video, the whole nine yards. Yeah, we're back. Like we will be. Um, but, you know, no matter what, I'm, I like seeing these because, you know, our, our fan base, we, we don't learn. We like to melt down over these games. And I just sit there like the Tim Heidecker, you know, the shrug gif. Like, okay, we lose two or three games every fucking November. Get over it. Stop being babies. Stop having piss-filled diapers. Like, we're going to be fine. And do I think we're going to win the Big Ten this year? No, but, like, if we come out of this and we won it, then, yes, expectations yeah. can change, and they should. Um that's all I have on, 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 I think we're, I think I'm done for tonight. Unless you guys have more, we can talk about more stuff. No, I'm done. I yeah. I don't want to talk about the lions. I I've said my piece. So. <laughs> I'm calling it tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good to me. Tomorrow's a dub with, with Timmy B with Timmy B under center. Yeah. But Andy Dalton's not a world beater. So I'm we're They're, they're going to win. Um, my friend Mike Dumas has told me it's going to happen. The Red Rocket? You don't have faith in the Red Rocket? No. Uh, it, <laughs> it is a dub. I said the Pittsburgh game was going to be a win, and I was mind-numbingly close. And I said Cleveland was going to be a win, and I was very close. So I'm due. Two out of three. And uh, like my f- good friend Blair Montgomery, it's 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 part of my um, six. Part of your parlay? It's part of my 60-leg NFL parlay with the spreads. Um, various props in it. I'm not going to give it out to the public. Unless I win. <laughs> Unless I win. Unless it already hit. Trust me. But just trust me. Sources, trust me, bro. Um, so I think that's all we have. Um, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, especially you guys. Um, and our... Ah, suck it, listeners. <laughs> bitches. And I was about just to... wanted to especially wish us a happy our, Thanksgiving. And, well, you guys are here with me. You're, you know, we're, we're, we all ride or die. And, um, you know, and our listeners are ride or die too. You know, I, I'm very grateful for where, you know, what we started as and, you know, what we've become and like what we are, you know, we just, we just fuck around for a couple hours every week and, you know, we still get people to listen to us bullshit with each other. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. It's like uh, that uh, TikTok video. It's just guys talking, just guys, guys talking, just guys talking. We're being dudes and, uh, guys being dudes. And if you, sh- I will, re- I'm a, I'm a person who's a 10 year retail veteran. Try not to shop tomorrow night. If places are open, uh, please don't just, just shop Friday. That's all I ask. Or just shop online like a normal fucking person. Yeah. And uh, definitely buy from Amazon for sure. Um. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. joking. Um, so we're going to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving guys. Let's, let's get a dub. Let's go to 10 and two and let's, let's beat UConn. Let's beat Baylor and let's celebrate our battle for Atlantis national world championship. Fellas go green. Go white. Go white. Recalibrate and expectations. 10, 10 and two in year two.